0: Hey folks, welcome back again to Police Pod Talk. Once again, I have someone on the line with me. Uh, Leanne, you can say hello to the people out there. Hello. You got to let them know you're there. It's kind of a soft hello. (laughs) Hi. Okay, we'll take that. Leanne is with us today because we're in the month of October, and October is Domestic Violence Month, Domestic Violence Awareness, and Leanne volunteered, graciously volunteered, to speak with me today today about a lot of things that she's gone through in her life and part of that is uh, domestic violence in her dating and also in her marriage uh leanne we really appreciate you coming and uh, speaking with us today and wanting to share something that you and i have talked about before in the past but uh leanne thanks for being here um it's not one of the greatest days of raining is it raining where you're at
1: it's not right now, but it it had been. So it smells pretty earthy. <laughs> out here and it's but you know it's okay. It's October. It was. Thanks
0: for having me. Hey, no problem. So is that the term that you say earthy? It smells earthy. What is that supposed to? I mean,
1: I I was gonna say wormy. It smells like worms. <laughs> I felt like earthy was probably a
0: better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a we'll. Better word for Okay, we'll take we'll take earthy then. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that before, believe it or not. But uh, again, Leanne, thank you very much for being with us on, on a, really a serious topic. But I mean, as time goes on, uh, you can talk about it a little bit more. We're really happy that you're going to be here talking with us today. So Leanne, I'm going to start out with a few questions so that our listeners can understand exactly who you are, where you came from, how you came to be, and also just Giving your story. So Leanne, give us a rundown on uh, where you went to school, where you grew up, uh, a little bit of your education and talk about your family. Go right ahead.
1: Yeah, I live in Indiana, Geneva. I went to South Adams, grew up, you know, very small town, one yellow light and um, small school, great family. I have an older brother that's about eight years older. And uh, my parents were always supportive, good people. Um, loving, I was involved in lots of things, dancing, sports, growing up. You know, I had friends. I loved the community. I loved school. You know, it was very normal, very what you define as normal, and just a good growing up. I had a strong family, big family outside of my own, and yeah, I grew up. You know, decent student. Probably could have tried a little harder, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we,
0: yeah, we all could have done that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I I love sports. I was played all the things, well-rounded. My parents are really big on being well-rounded and teaching others to be kind to one another and helping others out, and most just being kind. My mom still with my kids now. Golden rule, golden rule: treat others as you want to be treated, and so. Just real healthy growing up mm-hmm.
0: um, well i'm I'm gonna ask you, brothers and sisters, do you have brothers and sisters?
1: Yes, I have an older brother, about eight years older
0: okay any no sister
1: no no just him and I
0: okay so when you said you were involved in sports, what sports were you involved in?
1: Um, I played t ball four, and that went into softball till I graduated and then I played slow pitch and stuff afterwards, but volleyball and basketball. Whatever I could do, I danced for 10 years, 3 or 4, until I was 13 or 14, and I had to choose, like, are you going to get more involved in sports and all the practices and the things, or be, yeah, So I had to pick. So I was just stuck with sports. Yeah. Okay. So,
0: what, what about uh, after high school? What did you do?
1: Um, after high school, I graduated. I went to Ball State. Um, I was there for about a semester, loving college life, but I was always sick constantly sick there. I was always at the nurses station and trying to go to class and, and here I found out in my dorm room I slept in a locked bed. There's a huge patch of mold above where I slept and I'm super allergic to mold. Wow. So I was always sick. <laughs> where I went to rest is where I was still getting sick. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. That that dorm is torn down now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you were you weren't just faking it trying to get out of going to class, huh?
1: Oh, no, no, no. I was so excited about college and the experience and the, you know, football games and, and stuff. And so, yeah, no, I was I was miserable. So then I left at half semester and went back to my parents and got a factory job and worked. And then that next fall, I started at Ivy Tech in Fort Wayne for my CMA, certified so mm-hmm. medical assistant. I, I worked on that. I met my first boyfriend abusive boyfriend that
0: while I was at school okay wait while you were at school at uh, in Fort Wayne or Ball State Ivy Tech okay at Ivy Tech okay all right and see we're gonna say you met your first boyfriend describe that relationship uh, because it sounds to me like you were living a normal life growing up doing the same things all kids do and then you met this guy describe that first meeting with him and how that relationship grew
1: yeah, um, well, I had friends that were going to St. Francis and played softball, and I ended up we were roommates up there and got a house, and we went tailgating at a St. Francis game and and met him. And I, I, I'm pretty introverted until you get to know me, and then I, I, I more so I, more like myself. And so he he was just outgoing. He was funny, like a magnet for people. They just you know, full of jokes. It was just lots of fun. Yeah, so it kind of started like that and and it's funny because there wasn't like a instant mutual or an instant attraction. It was just personality. I'm my family growing up, humor, cracking jokes, kind of ragging on each other, just kind of having fun and not, you know, taking anything really too serious and that's kind of what he was. So Right. It's kind of what I knew. So it was, that was easy. So yeah, and just we started dating I didn't know, obviously, you know, I'm 19 years old and I didn't know abuse. I didn't know, it wasn't talked about, like it's physical. Physical was basically the only one that was talked about that, at that point. So it started out with the verbal put-downs and the, just the emotional being made to feel like crap.
0: Explain some of the verbal, when you say the verbal put-downs, what, what do you mean?
1: So it would be just little things, maybe about something, you know, I was wearing or looks that wasn't, you know, if I was feeling really good about something, it was just, there wasn't like a, a positive comeback. It was always something negative. He would try to make me jealous with other girls. You know, we'd go out or whatever, flirt all the time and then tell him, then turn around and tell me I'm being too, too sensitive. But it just, the, you didn't know the things back then. So everything just didn't feel right or good so it was I knew something was off but then we go to a point where everything was great so just wasn't sure and then it started to get he would drink quite a bit and after he would drink there were instances instances starting where he would get physical um I remember being shoved pushed across the room into a closet door um one that really Stands out is we ended up running a house together and he came home one night really drunk and I was woke up asked him a couple questions he shoved me I fell off the bed and the corner of my ear hit the corner of the nightstand and it split open and a mess and so then there was a lot of breaking up getting back together and all my friends hated him <laughs> My family hated him. He started to get to a point where he would just not not hide being mean and not hide saying horrible things. It came to a breaking point when we went to a Halloween party together. Uh, it was a bunch with a bunch of my high school friends in Fort Wayne at a house, and we're there having fun. Well, I I don't know if he started to feel insecure or what was going on, but he was ready to leave so we got into his little truck and as soon as we get in there he starts screaming at me calling me names and I was just confused because I thought you know having a good time catching up with old friends and next thing I know he reaches over and grabs a fold of my hair and pulls me down down on the seat I couldn't move I couldn't. I was struggling. Like, he's driving in a neighborhood in Fort Wayne. So there's cars all along the road. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, we're going to hit somebody. So I was struggling. He was kept holding me down. And finally, I just, I got scared. And I started fighting back. And I took my right hand for him to let go of my hair and started punching him. Whatever I could punch, whatever I could hit, I was, I was throwing a fist to just try to get loose. And I made contact with his face, and he pulled over and let go of my hair, and I bolted from the truck. And I remember being so scared, like, oh, my gosh. We just hit a whole new level. And he got out of his truck, and I dove back in. I don't know why. I don't know why. This is October. So I dove back in, grabbed his keys out of the ignition, and there was a huge pile of leaves on the road and I took the keys and I threw them in the pile of leaves and I ran toward the house and knocked on several doors for help. Oh, I know why. Cause I left my phone in the car in the truck. That's why. So I dove in there, grabbed my phone. I saw the keys. I'm not sure, but I just grabbed them, threw them in a big pile of leaves. I thought, well, he'll be looking for these for a while. I'm going to go. So I couldn't get in. Nobody would answer their door. So I took off running and Called my friends at the party, told them what street road signs. I didn't even know where we where we were because he held me down, so I couldn't see. And told them the street signs. They looked it up and came and picked me up on the street. At that point, um, we'll call him Charlie. <laughs> I don't know, I'm about to say We'll call him Charlie. Okay. He was calling me and threatening to shoot my dog that was at his house. He said he was heading back to our rental, and he's going to shoot my dog, and I better come get him, and and this and that. So, so of course, then I'm terrified about that. So my friends and I went and got my dog and got him safe. All the while, my hand is swelling, and it's super painful. My friends um, had taken me to the emergency room then. I just remember being there and them asking me what's happening, and then Charlie showed up. And I couldn't tell him what happened. I made up a story. Wait, wait.
0: You couldn't tell the ER people what but, happened?
1: No, because he showed up and was right there. And so I, because I knew if I said anything, I mean, he just threatened to shoot my dog. He, he's the reason why I'm in here. I just, I was scared to say anything. So then I got a cast and basically, you know, told him to leave me alone. I moved out with a friend after that. And when I went for my follow-up, at the doctor's office, I told him, I said, kind of a made up story. And he, my doctor looked at me and he's like, mm, there's mm, pretty much one situation. We see this type of break in and that's in fighting. Right. Cause it's a, it's a boxer's break. Wow. And I'm like, ah. so I told him then what happened. And he said, that's what I, that's what I assumed. Um, I mean that I got it from hitting something. And so, I, I had moved out with a friend. And at that point, Charlie found out he let air out of my tires. Um, so, I couldn't go to work or school. He broke into my apartment. <clears throat> I woke up one morning. I, do, I still, to this day, have no idea how he got in. And he was sitting on my bed. It was at that point. I called a friend. I was bawling because it was you wake up and he was looking through my phone. And started screaming at me about stuff, and I told him I told him to get out that I was going to call the cops, and he finally left. My friend came and picked me up. We went downtown, and I got a protective order.
0: Well, wait. Let, let me let me back it up, okay? Yes. When you were at the doctor's office, and the doctor yes. told you that what he saw, did anyone call the police for you then, or did no. you nothing happened. Okay. No. Leading up to that part, was your dad or your brother? family involved in it did they know what was going on
1: um yes to a degree I think there's I had a lot of shame about it because my parents raised me to be a strong kind you know just a strong person with good a good moral balance you know all the things and so I had a lot of shame because I felt like I I was screwing up, and I knew it, and I was letting him down, especially because they had already voiced their opinions on not liking him. My brother and his wife did not like him. My sister-in-law would say, he just rubs me the wrong way every single time. She said he's, the one comment he made that sticks out is, I tell Leanne to dye her hair darker because she doesn't look as good and less guys hit on her. And she's like, I thought who says that hmm. about somebody you're, you know, you're with or you love or whatever you claim. Right. So that <laughs> so. kind
0: that kind of goes back to where you were saying about the verbal put downs. Mm-hmm. And so was he saying things that to try to control what you wore, what you looked like, how you behaved when you were uh, with him?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't, it was more so just quick shots, like uh, just belittling, trying to think of something specific. Um, I don't know. I, it was a long time ago. Right. Right. I'm talking almost almost 20 years. So it was just little little things to make you feel insecure and in, exu- insignificant.
0: Do you ever remember saying something to him after he maybe put you down or embarrassed you in front of your friends? Do you ever remember having a conversation about that?
1: Oh yeah. I mean that, that's one thing. I mean I didn't take it. Like I, I would, he would say these things and i was just like that, you're a jerk. Like, why would you say that? You know, I would call him out. It, I, I wasn't real submissive when it came to getting told these things, but I'm a product of my dad and we're pretty laid back. We're pretty, just kind of roll with it, shrug it off. You know, I just, you know, at some point brush it under the rug, you know, mm-hmm. that he was drinking, right but you know, kind of stuff. Or if it was in front of people, I was just trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh just a topic of what you know, punchline or whatever. So hmm.
0: Okay. I, I didn't mean to inter I really didn't mean to interrupt it. I know people are probably mad at me when they listen to this, but <laughs> there's just so many little things. I'm gonna take you way back to where you said you finally called the police after he broke in and was sitting on the end of your bed going through your phone. You finally decide to call the police. Go ahead.
1: Well, I didn't call them. I didn't call them. I just called my friend. I, I threatened him with that and to get him out of the apartment. Okay. Um, my friend picked me up, and we went down to the courthouse and filled out a protective order. Okay. And, you know, I had a cast on my hand, and I told them all the things that had been happening and went in front of a magistrate, and she approved it. So then I had that. He got an attorney friend of his. I was a college kid. Um, and I couldn't afford an attorney. I didn't even know, like, why am I getting an attorney when I have a protective order against him for what he did? Why do I? <laughs> mm-hmm. So he did and had to go through a deposition by myself and just was annihilated in this deposition. I mean, it was just lies, and any time I tried to defend myself, it would be more lies that I was trying to defend it was just awful it was traumatizing and it came to a point where he his attorney called me in and said hey listen he's going to move to Tennessee he wants to be a teacher and a protective order is gonna keep him from being able to do that which moving to Tennessee was where did that come from number two where did being a teacher come from I was so confused but he's like, he's not going to contact you again. He will never mess with you again. He's moving away and he'll be gone if you would drop this protective order.
2: Hmm.
1: By this point, I was so, had so much anxiety from constantly getting court documents in the mail every day. It was always something, having these depositions and stuff. I was just, if he's moving away, if, if this is going to stand, then fine, I will drop it. Right. I do not want to talk or see him ever again. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't last, obviously. <laughs> he started contacting me again, harassing me. Wait, wait, um, wait,
0: wait. He he didn't move away. He didn't hold up no. his end of the bargain.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> so
0: they didn't say he's going to move away on this day or this time. Mm-hmm, they just told mm-hmm. you that. Yep. Okay, so. I'm going to let you finish that. He, he never left town. Go ahead and finish what you found out when he started harassing you again.
1: Yeah, he he never left. Um, it, he took a short break of the harassment and then he, he started back in and it had gotten to a point where I decided for my safety, for my sanity, I had to move. Um, I was really fortunate to have... My brother and my sister-in-law lived in Lafayette at the time, and they were willing to take me in. And the great thing about Ivy Tech is that there is also one in Lafayette. There you go. So I transferred all my stuff, packed up my little car and my dog, and moved out and lived with them in their apartment.
0: Uh, You could have left the dog, okay? I'm not a dog person, but...
1: (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Oh no, you might lose some followers. And not one. <laughs>
0: okay, I can learn to be a dog person. How about that, listeners? <laughs> Sorry, but no. The right
2: dog. The right
0: dog. The right dog. That's. <laughs> I think that's what I meant to say was the right dog. Oh, and I got to. I got to. I, I got to stop you because you said he was harassing you. Kind of give my listeners an understanding on what was the harassment. What, what was he doing? Contacting.
1: Just, you? Um, phone calls. He would call me all the time. He would. He would threaten things i mean he would threaten he had a gun he would threaten with that he for it to kill himself He would you know it was basically the if i can't have you no one will type thing and that's where it was just it was scary hmm. and my parents were new at this point everything that had happened knew the distress everything like Pack up and go. My mom hated it. She hated. It. I was uh, an hour away, anyways. And now I'm moving two hours, and because I'm really close with my parents, we've all I've always been able to tell them anything. So um, it was my shame on my part that I kind of I didn't divulge all of it. But uh, so packed up, packed up my rescue dog. <laughs> Got him <laughs> from the shelter. i not going to abandon him.
0: Okay. Good. Good. That's a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And moved to Lafayette and enrolled, started classes, Um, really connected with the girls out there. My teacher, uh, one of my teachers, her daughter, she asked me, you know, at the introduction of the class, they ask, you know, who you are, where you're from, um, what brings you here if you're not from here, you know, those kind of things. And I told them flat out, I said, I'm running away from a psychotic abuser that wow. I had to skip down. Wow. And so my my teacher pulled me aside after class and she said, you know, my daughter has gone through the same thing. And her daughter is gay. And she said a lot of people don't understand that it can happen in gay relationships as well. She's like, you know, I I'd love to talk to you more about this. So her and I really connected on that. Um, I didn't, I still, you know, didn't know what I went through, um, but our stories were quite similar. Um, I met her daughter and, and she was super nice and we, we connected on that level. She got me a job at McAllister's where she was a manager and I had talked about going to the YWCA and talk to them because it was right down the road from where we lived. And and I, I not didn't get to the point of that between school and... And then I think I was kind of, again, the shame and kind of embarrassed to, to put it out there, what I went through, even though these are people that are there to help you.
0: Right, right. Wait, wait, really, you, you put it out in front of the whole class, right?
1: Right. I don't know what got into me. I think... I didn't know what else to say. And I think I just, that was the easiest way to say it. And it just kind of was blunt to the point and, right. you know, put it out. I don't know any of these people. Right. <laughs> I don't know any of these girls. Um, they don't know me from Adam. So I thought I'm just, it is what it is. Right. Um, And I was still kind of reeling from the move and just mm-hmm. the upheaval of life. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so I was doing class. I was, landscaping with a friend of mine and And I worked at,
0: (laughs) this is all in Lafayette, right? Yep. So you, you, you have moved your entire life now down to Lafayette to get Mm -hmm. away from Mr. teacher, Tennessee. And he hasn't changed anything. Is (laughs) he, is he still harassing you during this time or not?
1: It, so it, yeah. So, well, it was quiet for a bit. I didn't tell him or anyone he knew, any connections that I moved. Mm-hmm. I didn't announce it on Facebook. I didn't do anything like that. Uh, took it, it took a little bit of time. He called me. I can't even tell you how long after, but he started calling me again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He was threatening me with, um, because when we rented a place together, I had a lot of the bills in my name. So he had my, and he had all that that stuff, the paperwork and whatnot. So he had my social number. He had all my information and he would threaten me and say that he was going to open credit cards. He was going to ruin my credit. He would scream at me and call me names and tell me how horrible I was. And basically just angry that I moved on with life and i got away and i was terrified for my credit score and um i i still felt safe that he didn't know where i was so that was okay i could breathe not being in fort wayne so i went down to the social office i went changed my phone number um, went to the social office and asked about changing my my social number because i'm like i don't know what else to do he's right. And it wasn't just like a one-time threat. It was constant. Mm-hmm. They told me, well, we can't change your number until something happens. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. I just kind of let that be, let it go. Um, and then he ended up, uh, you know, stopped harassing. I got a different phone number, so he couldn't harass me. And then, yeah, I just lived my life in Lafayette with my brother and sister-in-law and all their friends and had fun. I... Worked at Bed Bath & Beyond, McAllister's, did landscaping, went to school.
0: Now, now this yeah. this is not something you wanted to do. You didn't see this coming in your life that you'd be living there doing this, right?
1: Oh, yeah, no, no.
0: And, and all of this change was because of one person Yeah. and yeah. one, well, I don't want to say one night, something that was slowly building
1: through mm-hmm. your
0: relationship that you had to finally get away from him, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean that was
0: And, and it I, was
1: subtle and also screaming. Mhm. So,
0: and and kind of explain that for let's say there's a female listening right now and she says, "I kind of know what you're saying." Mm-hmm. Tell her get her to understand what you saw and what you felt as it was subtle. It was something subtle.
1: <clears throat> yeah, um the subtle being The put-downs, the subtle being the isolation. Um, He would constantly try to get me to hate my family,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. hate my parents. Um, He would make fun of me on my relationship with my parents because we were close. We were friends. Mm -hmm. Um, He hated that. He was slowly isolating me from childhood friends, high school friends. Um, and, and it worked cause they all hated him. So then they didn't really want to be around me because then they didn't like who I was. Right. So he would, it, it was the put downs. It was the, you know, hair comments, the ugh, so much, I mean, and then the screaming would be the, the physical, you know, looking at it's, I say this looking back, it's like, man, if I would have known the emotional, psychological, mental abuse of it all that to me now is screaming so i say subtle being at the time it didn't you know i was just kind of dealing with it but the physical too was just the the any you know mm-hmm. shoving and a broken hand of course and and he there was one point this is to go back a bit when we rented the house i had he was working at a factory and was working second. So he got back to the house at maybe 11 o'clock. Well, I had a neighbor that I was friends with and she asked me to come over and she was gonna have a bonfire and sit outside and drink wine and just chat, just her and I. And he came home and was so angry that I was doing that. He took all of my clothes out of my drawers, the closet, and threw them out the second story window. <laughs>
0: And this is in front of people.
1: Well, this was like at 11 o'clock at night. This is in front of my neighbor. Yeah. R-
0: well, in front of somebody. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. We look over and we see him, all my clothes flying out the window <laughs> on the ground. And yeah. this would have been like when I said we broke up and got back together. This was one time I moved out most of my stuff and went and stayed with a friend. And then he got me back in it. Wow.
0: So while you're sitting there with a glass of wine, watching your stuff fly out the window, what was going through your mind?
1: What is, I didn't understand why he was so mad. I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm at a party. It's not like I'm, you know, uh, have a guy over, I'm at the next door, literally neighbors with a girl sitting Mm -hmm. here and just talking. (laughs) I mean, he knew about it. I, I, I was just confused and it was things like that, that You know, he didn't like it. He didn't like it. And I paid for it. So, yeah, but it's, and I, I, we broke up. I'd go back. We got engaged at one point, called it off, got back together. I mean, it was, it was, uh, an apology and then a time of being good to back to bad again.
0: So that's how you ended up breaking up, going back, breaking up, going back.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's crazy because my parents have been, they were married for 30 some years. I'd never seen this before. Mm -hmm. I I knew it wasn't normal, but I thought, and I don't know if I remember thinking, well, maybe this is just how some relationships are. You know, maybe this is, I I didn't realize that how bad it was, or I just minimized it or told myself it wasn't that bad. I don't know.
0: So, during all these breaking up, going back, breaking up, was there physical abuse or just was there just verbal and psychological abuse?
1: Um, let me think. It was both. Definitely the verbal and psychological. I think at that point, it had only been physical. As much, uh, the shoving, the pushing, shoving kind of stuff was what it had been at that point. And... You know, I had an older brother, and I was always kind of a tomboy growing up. Guys were always my friends. I had lots of guy friends. I never liked drama girls in high school. Like, I just, I didn't like the cattiness. I liked hanging out with guys. I could sit there and just uh, hang out and talk sports and talk whatever. And and so, and then having an older brother, we'd wrestle when we were little, you know, and Mm -hmm. he was uh so to me like the shoving and stuff I don't know it didn't seem I didn't like it obviously it didn't make me feel safe but I also was like I can handle it I think I just convinced myself that I I can handle this this is you know Hmm.
0: so tough
1: tough tough kid stuff you know
0: yeah (laughs) okay I'm gonna move you fast forward you back but it's nice going back in time. But I want to fast forward you a little bit here. You are now living in Lafayette. You said you started this landscaping. Life was good. Uh-huh. Go from there.
1: Okay, so so then I after I felt pretty decently uh, moved on from the last relationship, I I was ready to start dating again. Um, so I dated off and on with different guys. They were all duds. It was all awful. Um, <laughs> I regretted each one I did, but I was just kind of, you know, I had lots of friends, but was like just looking for somebody. And I was also scared. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go back through that again. Right. Um, so, so were
0: you looking for little signs that made you uh, not want to date a certain person because they acted like the last guy?
1: Oh, sure. Okay. I mean, I was still attracted to, like, the funny, the outgoing. I am still attracted to that, but I I was looking, you know, at the time, didn't know red flags, but I was looking for red flags, and I, I didn't really get the screaming red flags on one date, but I, it was just, like, you know, stuff that was, eh, yeah, probably <laughs> not going to work. Right, right. I did date one guy who was super, super nice. Great guy, older than me, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't weird. It was, he was just, He's probably like eight years older, about my brother's age. And so for my brother, that was weird. But for me, it wasn't. <laughs> he, we, <laughs> I, you know, he was very nice to talk to. He was understanding. He was very laid back. So it was, but he wasn't my typical type of somebody that's funny out, you know, like outgoing. Right kind of thing so he was a little bit more introverted quiet but he was very kind and into to this day I feel bad and I've had to read plenty of books about myself on the stuff but <laughs> <laughs> okay. but I was I ended up ending it because I was bored hmm. and I'm like I why no this is good this is a nice thing this is non- you know, no drama, no right. nothing, no whatever. I'm just kind of bored. It's hmm. kind of uh, like there's, it's not nothing real exciting or crazy, like you know. So I felt bad, and I ended it, and I went on a couple more dates with people, and
0: wait, wait, I, I have to stop you there. <laughs> I hate to have to do that. We'll get back to that part. Go. For I, it. I got, I got to go back to how did you end up finally getting rid of the last guy? I mean, the bad guy. What Change do we what do we call him? Did we call him Bob or something? I can't remember. Charlie.
1: Charlie. Charlie. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, Charlie. Charlie. Okay. This one. Okay, Charlie. I want our listeners to know how did you end up getting rid of him? And I mean, yes, you moved away, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he was supposed to become a teacher in Tennessee or whatever. But how did you eventually cut it off? What happened? How did you
1: let him know? Uh, I unfriended. Did all the stuff on Facebook. Um, Instagram wasn't a thing. So my space, I guess, too, was <laughs> a to thing back then Wow.
0: That, I, that's way back there now.
1: I know, right? I know. <laughs> Let's put it in time. here.
0: I, I think I had an Afro back then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. Oh my gosh. I know. Oh, it cracks me up. I haven't thought about that for a long time. But, um, yeah, so the, my space, I d- deleted people, or whatever I, uh, got, rid of his friends, any connections, um, and I changed my phone number,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that was basically what stopped that. He didn't have any way to contact me. You know, No one I knew would ever give him my new phone number, so that was basically it. So you, um,
0: that last, uh, Charlie here, mm-hmm. the police were never involved, is that right?
1: No, I... Besides the protective order, I just, and to this day, I still have this mindset that I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to involve the police. I don't want it to get sticky and get, you know, and I shouldn't have. It was com- completely wrong. I should have been okay with calling the police right away, and I should have done it on several instances. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm just... I I don't know. I'm a non-ruffle fluffer. I'm a non-feather ruffler. Yeah, I, I was wondering
0: what you said there. I'm leaving that um, in. That was good. I'm
1: like, I need more coffee. Um, oh, boy.
0: I heard that, and I started to write that down. I thought, what was that? What does that
1: mean? There's no meaning. I just made it up. Um. Okay,
0: but that's okay. We'll leave it in. Oh, okay. um,
1: I'm a non-feather ruffler. I'm just a... Uh, I don't like drama. So I just, I didn't do it and I should have. Okay. So yeah, no, there's no police reports. There's nothing, just the protective order.
0: Hmm. Okay. So eventually he faded away.
1: Yes. Yes. And... I did run into him one time at a bar, at a birthday party at a bar and I ran into him and it was awful. I mean, my anxiety was through the roof. And had just a second small talk. And I had to leave right then. I could not stay for one more second. I, and I had, after that, I had anxiety all the time. If I was in Fort Wayne, I was terrified of running into him. Terrified. Wow. Yeah, to talk more about the mental stuff. I, there was one point during the relationship where I had so much anxiety that he had produced that I went on Xanax, went to the doctor, told him what I was feeling They gave me a low dose of Xanax and I think I maybe took a couple of them and then I stopped. I just didn't, I, it made me too tired. I didn't handle it well. And so I was back at square one, but I I had always had anxiety growing up, like minimal anxiety stuff, stuff I could handle, stuff I worked through. My mom helped me work through. So I, I had always had it had it handled but it wasn't until being with him and the fear the constant fear of the not knowing what's going to happen next the eggshells I just couldn't handle it anymore so that's why I went on tried Xanax and it, it didn't help so yeah so then coming to Fort Wayne down the road I was terrified for a long time looking over my shoulder I went to the bar one time for a birthday party and I never went out again in Fort Wayne. Um, it wasn't until years and years and years later. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, so oh. Fort Wayne to you, is Fort Wayne still okay in your mind or you still have that feeling whenever you
1: drive into town? No, he doesn't affect me like that anymore.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. So it took years of coming out of that.
1: Oh yeah. It took, it took a lot of years and, and education you know, I, I started to understand a lot of things. And and starting a family then, I had to just let that go. I couldn't let that be a part of my life anymore. So, so.
0: W- did you have to get professional help or you just, like you said, read some books?
1: I did not get professional help. I, it was basically uh, re- not even books. I, at the point, it was like online, just looking up stuff here and there. The phys- but I was looking more at the physical because I didn't still didn't realize at the time about the mental and psychological stuff. So just kind of the physical and the anxiety that comes with it. So I just wanted to understand why the anxiety was so bad. So I just it, and it, there wasn't even back at that point, there wasn't a whole lot of literature or anything about the topic that I could find. So, yeah, hmm.
0: Wow. okay. Now, we're going to fast-forward back to what we were talking about before. You said you went on a lot of dates. You dated some guys. Mm -hmm. You dated the one guy who was kind of boring.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You you feel bad? Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. He's listening now. But (laughs) (laughs) That is wrong. That's so mean of me. (laughs) But anyway, so you were looking – were you, like, looking for more excitement or more someone along your behavior, your family's, uh, you know –
1: funny humor
0: so. or go ahead with that
1: yeah I think so I think I was just uh, he was just very um we got along in a lot of areas but yeah it was kind of the joking he was pretty I don't want to say serious but mm-hmm. joking around and stuff that wasn't you know like he wasn't real good at it <laughs> okay <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um so it was just kind of the uh, lacking there in the humor department and
0: um, okay we'll quit beating him up on that we get
1: it <laughs> i know he's not gonna listen to this no. but you know <laughs> okay.
0: you never There's
1: know <laughs> uh.
0: so okay as life went on uh you ended up did you end up graduating from school with a degree or anything or you just kept in the landscape
1: yes, uh basically should have ended with a doctorate as long as i was in school okay um <laughs> Uh, another regret. But yeah, it took me a while because I uh, you know, started out a little late with Ivy Tech and then transferring and stuff. So but I stuck with it, uh, did really well. Um, I'm still at school. I'm doing the landscaping as a job and it was for an apartment for Purdue. Uh, the owners owned several apartments in uh Purdue campus and so I was doing the landscaping for that, and winter came, and they asked me to move inside the uh, office for the apartments and work inside. and so I did I wasn't real excited about it, um, but I did. and that's where I met my best friend Andrea. and her and I were talking, we really just connected and stuff and she was with someone she had found out she was pregnant they they're college pretty students and um so we just connected and she's like told telling her all about my crappy dates and she came to work one day and she's like listen I have somebody you need to go on a date with right away of course I'm like nope nope I'm done I'm taking a break Christmas is coming I'm just gonna Focus on Christmas and not think about anything else. And she's like, "No, seriously. Like he's, I've known him for years. He's super nice. He's a great guy. We've had lots of fun. He he's got a great job. He's you know really smart, well established. Like he's he's somebody really good. I think you should give a shot to Like okay.
0: hmm. now, did you feel that this was about the time to start dating again,
1: or? Mm. Well, I'd gone on several dates and I, I thought, no, like, I'm just not ready. I'm right. not. She's like, just, she's like, listen, just, would you j- just meet him? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did the Facebook stalking, of, you know, she's showing me his pictures, mm-hmm. the stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Did
0: and Did she, he have a dog in any of the pictures? He, he did. Yeah, he was holding a puppy.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. A cute one. Of I course. knew it. <laughs>
0: seen this movie
1: (laughs) no right Uh, hook line sinker okay
0: here's the thing leanne i'm gonna stop you right there okay okay because (laughs) we've been going at this for almost an hour Mm -hmm. and i know our listeners really want to know this is is this the bob we're about to talk about
1: this is bob okay
0: before (laughs) we get into bob we're gonna bring it to an end and bring it up on again next week but this is a start of another start,
1: <laughs> of another right. story. So another yeah. longer. I can be a little bit more detailed because right. it's more recent.
0: Okay, so here's the deal. I again, I always, I appreciate, I really do. I appreciate the fact that you would even talk about this. And there's, I'm sure there's listeners out there who may be going through this, or maybe at the start of it, in the middle of it, getting toward the end of it. But sharing your story is unbelievable. And I mean, you're this part right here, just with Charlie. Is it Charlie or Charles? I can't remember. Charlie. Charlie. We got to remember, like Charlie Brown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this right here can can help a lot of people um, who are listening, and it can, it could be a movie for crying out loud. But mm-hmm. uh, and but you went through it, and it, it was not that great of a movie for you during the time, but. I'm going to have a lot of questions that we'll go back and talk about, Charlie. But we want to get into Bob next week and see what Bob was up to because you're going to be starting a whole new relationship. Uh, Thank you very much, listeners out there. We will catch you next week, and we're going to find out what happened. We'll finish up uh, any leftovers from Charlie, but we'll find out what Bob was all about. All right, folks, we'll catch you again next week on Police Pod Talk. Thanks again for hanging out with us. Remember, you can always go to policepodtalk at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook at Cleveland Jr. or Police Pod Talk. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.